You are listening to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast, Episode 19. Today's topic, Project Management Certification Options with Cornelius Fickner and Kevin Riley. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast at SensiblePM.com, where you get an insider's edge on practical project management. Now, here is your host, Mark Phillip. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast. My name is Mark Phillippe, and I am the Sensible Project Manager. Today, I bring to you a conversation I had with Cornelius Fickner of OSP International and Kevin Riley of KRPM Consulting Solutions. Now, this is a recording from the, the latest Hangout, PM Hangout number 40, which is part of the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community on Google+. Again, I've brought to you other, other recordings from this, and it just seems to be a good platform, a good way for, for us to be able to share both visually in a video as well as here on the podcast with audio. In that Hangout, we discussed PMI's project management certification options. There are eight altogether. We reviewed each one of those. We also get to hear how Cornelius and Kevin started their journey into project management. Now, a little behind-the-scenes information before we start the podcast. When I set up the, the Hangout, this is a live Hangout, and so as I get things ready for the Hangout, there's a number of things I have to do, including adding the, the link in my website for people to watch the Hangout live. I went through my, my normal steps of, of uh, setting all those things up, and when I set that up in my website, the link, I pushed play on the website just to make sure that everything was working well and proceeded to finish setting everything else up. Then when it was time for us to go live, 47 seconds into the beginning of the Hangout, I started hearing myself again. And what it was was my website playing back through through the uh, that button that I had pushed, and it, it was just a mess. So I have actually edited out co- that part of the recording, which was just as I said, just the, the the welcome to everybody. So we start this recording with Cornelius introducing himself. So here we go. And now, today's feature. Hello, everybody. My name is Cornelius Fischner. I am the host of the Project Management Podcast. I've been doing the podcast for ah, nearly 10 years now, and episode 300 is coming up in about two weeks uh, after we uh, finish this here. And uh, so I've been doing the podcast for... For those 10 years, um, but in my main job is actually I am mostly a PMP trainer. So I train people for the PMP exam and also for the ACP exam and for the CAPM exam. And my training company provides all of these beautiful training products, including professional development units. That's uh, sort of that 10,000-foot view there of what I do, Mark. So just real quickly, I think I was on your website, uh, and the number of people you've trained is somewhere in the 30,000. Is that right? You-, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> know the exact number, but it's at least 30,000. Yeah, it's a lot. It's at least 30, yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Um, so you can already see I'm going to catch you off guard from, from time to time during this. So. 
Kevin, let's let Wonderful. let's go to you. Uh, Kevin does not have a, a camera today on it, so um, go ahead, Cameron. Cameron, sorry, Kevin, please introduce yourself. <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, I appreciate uh, being on your program today, Mark. <clears throat> My name is Kevin Riley. Uh, I am a PMP. I am a PMI ACP. I am a CSM and a CSPO, and I am running out of initials in the alphabet to put after my name, <clears throat> which is actually a good thing to have uh, to happen for me because I actually use those credentials. Uh, I have been in uh, IT software development and project management for about 24 years. I currently own my own uh, training company. It's Key Resource Project Management Training Solutions, and we do PMP exam prep training, PMI ACP exam prep training, and also Agile coaching and pilot projects for Scrum uh, organizations to get them up and running on Agile and Scrum. Uh, I uh, have worked with Cornelius over the last three and a half years uh, as a consultant with him, and I am actually a student of the PM PrepCast back in 2011. <clears throat> and uh, I'm also the speaker coordinator for the PMI California Inland Empire chapter, and I've had the pleasure of having Cornelius several times as a speaker. And uh, I'm just enjoying being on the program today. And Mark, happy 40th anniversary! Well, thank you. Uh, and by the way, uh, we're talking about. Um, you said that you're the speaker coordinator for your chapter. I, yes, I am the program um, uh, VP of programs for my chapter oh. in the Inland Northwest as well. Excellent, fantastic. So very good. And my, for some reason, my camera keeps on popping off. So we'll we'll put up with that from time to time. Okay. All right, so the next thing I'd like to do is welcome, first of all, uh, I would want to go to a little bit before we'll, we, trust me, we will be able to get to the certifications, but I am I, very interested in how, on how people start into project management. I think all of us have a different story. So uh, I know that for especially for you, Cornelius, I've heard your story several times about how you moved from from a certification, I'm sorry, in, from project management into what you're doing today and as a trainer. Um, but I've never heard you tell your story about how you got into project management. So ah. let's start with that, Cornelius. If you would give us a little clue on how did you get going on project management, maybe give us a, a couple of things that happened at the very beginning, maybe your first uh, project. Give us a little rundown there, and then, then Kevin be thinking because we'll go to you too. Okay, great. Well, I have to tell you, it's been so long, I don't remember. <laughs> we can move on straight to Kevin. No, 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 I do remember. It, it really just sort of happened. I'm one of those accidental project managers, like so many of us out there. Mm. I started out my professional career as a software developer in the 80s uh, with a beautiful coding language called COBOL. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a while. And at one point, my boss came to me and he said, you know, go over into the business unit and talk to Herr, oh, what was it? That was back in Switzerland, so it was in German, Herr Krummacher, I believe. I'm not sure anymore. He wants something small. So I went over there and I was done 18 months later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> something small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. I was working for a paper mill at the time, and his request was nothing really big. He just wanted to have a, a a program that would calculate the price for every single piece of paper that we ever produced at that paper mill. 
wow. nothing really all too big and, and complex to do. And yeah, it took 18 months to complete. And that really was my first product. It's like, you know, throwing me in there, go do this. Uh, it's something small that you might might need to do. And of course, you know, that that that, that brings up the first issue, right? You don't throw a junior software developer into a situation like this where you just go, ah, go take care of this. I'm, I'm not really interested in what he wants. You go figure it out. You do it. Uh, yeah, the, the company is no more in the meantime. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. It, it was more a financial <laughs> issue there uh, uh, from that particular paper mill. Plus, the, the paper business in Europe kind of had a, had a tough time in the 80s there. Anyway, so yeah, that was my first project that I worked on. And later on, after I, I got back from a year's travel, I joined a, um, a business consultancy group in my hometown, also in Switzerland. And for about five, six years, I worked as a business consultant, slash project manager, slash software developer, slash graphic artist, even at some point, and trainer. So I did everything, really, that a, that a project manager did, but at the time we didn't call it project management. Uh, I became what uh, what was then known as an organizational planner. That was actually oh. my, my uh, it was somewhere in between a, a bachelor's and uh, let's see, what's before the bachelor's? Is it an associate's, associate's degree? Yeah. Yes. So I, I would call it somewhere between an associate's and a bachelor's degree. Uh, that, that's what that was. And uh, only later did I actually learn and realize that what I was doing was more in the realm of project management. Yeah. So to me, that first project is still my, my favorite project I love to talk about simply because I got it done. <laughs> it was it, it showed me how 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 I had a knack for managing projects, for making things happen, for understanding bigger pictures, for being able to bring people together and work together on on a problem and and deliver a solution uh, to these people. So that's that's how I got started. Very good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sure. Kevin, how about you? How did you get going? Well, it's extremely interesting because it's kind of like the same story, just in a different location. <clears throat> I was actually in retail um, uh, retail management, drugstore management for many years, and I moved to California from Long Island, New York, back in 1988, and worked for Long's Drugs, and they were actually, back in 1990, um, moving from an electronic-based register system to... Um, something called an, an ROS or RIS POS system, retail information system, point of sale system. <clears throat> um, I was that got put in charge of the implementation of one of the San Diego district stores and unfortunately did such a quick job, good job that they put me in charge of all of the other 10 implementations. So basically <laughs> uh, my career was born uh, in, in uh, computers and hardware and since I was pretty good at this, I decided to go back and get a degree in computer information systems at Coleman College while I was working full-time. When I graduated, my, my first job, similar to Cornelius's in 93, was as a point-of-sale developer in a, in a very advanced language called Pascal which was basically one generation ahead of COBOL. Well, you must be younger than Cornelius. <laughs> not much, not much. 
But the story is pretty much the same. Uh, I worked for a lot of different companies. I worked as a software developer and kind of a jack of all trades, master of some or most. And uh, um, throughout my career, I've worked as uh, a developer, a QA tester, a technical writer, a hardware expert, a configuration specialist, and eventually ended up in project management by leading a, a team um, for a company called GERS Retail Systems in San Diego to implement uh, a point-of-sale and back-end system for Del Sol, which is the largest uh, supermarket chain in Mexico at that time. <clears throat> so just like Cornelia said, pretty much an accidental project manager, but really felt that I enjoyed it and uh, continued doing that and got to the point where I got my PMP and started to be an instructor just to add to the plethora of skills that I can uh, offer people to help them in their project management uh, experiences. And did Kevin, did you have a degree in college? I did. I originally went to uh, school in Syracuse, New York, and I had two degrees. I was a business administration and a French conversation and culture major. <laughs> wow. And actually studied at the Alliance Francaise uh, for, a, uh, for a semester. Interesting. Uh, and my second one was a uh, second go round in uh, San Diego was obtaining the computer information systems degree. So I have a total of three bachelor's degrees. Great. And then Cornelius, how about you? What is your degree in? Do you have a good degree? Well, the degree that I have was the organizational planner degree, yes. And before I started working for the paper mill, I did a commercial apprenticeship in Switzerland. The way that people learn and go to school in Europe is a lot different than here in the US. Only few people actually, well, a, a smaller percentage of people go to university and get degrees. We are more focused on apprenticeships and hands-on training and, and stuff like that. So even if you're a nurse, uh, here nurses, I believe, go to university. In uh, Europe, nurses, they go to nursing school and they actually work in a hospital for, I think it's four or five years, as they are learning to become a nurse full-time. More on-the-job training. Yeah, it's more on-the-job training than, than go to university and, uh, uh, and uh, become uh, academic. Well, great. Now, you know, the reason why I like taking the time to, uh, to go through this is because I want, I want new project managers to understand that there are so many different paths into project management. Uh, and, and as we've heard today and my, I'm don't take the time because I think I've spent, I've, I've shared some of that before to my audience is that, uh, we all have very similar, um, steps. At least those have been around for a while. Most of us are accidental project managers and we get here in a different way. And there's so many different ways that we get there. Uh, the, there is project management has become more and more popular. And now of course there are, there are college degrees that you can get, uh, right. which is changing the framework a little bit, but yes. certainly, uh, everybody has to dive in with one of those, one of those projects where, uh, your boss comes to you and says, okay, it's a small uh, yeah, little thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's also not forget that while there are many ways into project management, there are also hundreds of ways out of project management because many people that you talk to in senior management, they really like to take project managers and promote them because as a project manager, you work 
in multiple divisions of your company, usually if you have medium to large size projects, you know, you understand the business, you've spoken to so many people in the organization, you know what division A does, B does, C does, you get the bigger picture, you see it, so it's a way out and up as well. So project management is not just a good thing to do because it's fun, it's also a good thing to do for your career if you really want to uh, uh, you know, get higher up in the organization. Completely agree. It is a great stepping stone in if, if you choose to do that. Uh, and and uh, yeah, that's great. Great point. All right. So that, that lays a little bit of a foundation of what, what we're about. Let's take the time. I wanted to, to go through, and if you actually... I think Cornelius in one of your emails to me, you said that uh, uh, we're going to review some one of the all of the two million um, certifications <laughs> that that PMI has, and, and counting, <laughs> and counting. Yeah, it's two million and one by now. <laughs> so, uh, so let's go ahead and do that. Let's. There are. Uh, I forgot to actually count. How many are there? There's uh, about one, two, eight. three, four. Eight. Five, six, seven, eight. We'll eight. be discussing eight today. Eight. Dur- during yes, during the time we'll talk about all eight of them. However, uh, really the fo- the ones that we'll focus on are the the agile one and the PMP. So let's start at the top of the list. Cornelius and Kevin, you agreed to to spend some time describing what each one of them are and a little bit. So let's why don't we go ahead and get to that, and then we'll give a little bit more time to the ACP and the uh, PMP. So, okay, great. All right. So let's just be honest here also. Nobody can keep all the information about these certifications in their head. So Kevin and I, we are going to be cheating. We are going to be opening up various standard uh, files from PMI, and we're going to read a little bit about uh, what these things are all about. So there's just no way that anyone can remember everything about these certifications here. Wow, the that makes one, me feel uh, so much better. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> by the way, it's 2 million and 2 by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> the first one we want to start with is the CAPM. That is the Certified Associate in Project Management. And as of, I believe, last month, uh, there were 26,490 people who were certified CAPMs. And we're starting with that particular certification because it is really the entry level certification for uh, that PMI offers. Um, Many people, when they think about getting a project management certification, they instantly think about the PMP. Then they look into this, and PMP is the one we're going to be talking about last. Um, Then they suddenly realize, now, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't qualify to be PMP yet. I just started in project management. I have to wait at least three years before I can even consider becoming PMP certified. The CMPM, on the other hand, is really for people who are starting out in project management, who want to prove to their employers, hey, I, I have the skills, I have the willingness, I, I've, I've taken an exam, I've studied for this, and, and I want to become a good project manager and a better project manager. But it's also for those who uh, are involved in projects, not as the project manager, but maybe as a project participant somebody who is constantly working on projects and would like to understand a bit better now what's going on here in this project why are we needing a work breakdown structure how does scheduling really work 
So those people, those are the target audience for the CAPM. And uh, if we go to the official uh, description, the CAPM certification recognizes a demonstrated understanding of the fundamental knowledge, processes, and terminology as defined in the PIMBOK guide that are needed for efficient, excuse me, for effective project management performance. And that really also is, is the gist of what this exam is all about. You know the PIMBOK guide and the PIMBOK guide is pretty much the uh, PMI Bible of project management. So in order to pass this exam, you have to study the PIMBOK guide, you have to know the PIMBOK guide, and you have to be able to say uh, answer questions like in which process from the PIMBOK guide do we create a work breakdown structure and those are the kind of questions to expect on that exam it's an entry-level exam it is a knowledge-based exam very good and to be able to qualify for this CAPM is in order to qualify for the CAPM there are a few things that you need to have wait a second right there so you have to have a secondary diploma uh, high school uh, or global equivalent and you need 1500 hours of experience on a project team and most people you know by the time they think about oh, I'd like to get a certification they probably have worked a year or two years in project management and they have these hours easily or you need that secondary diploma and 23 hours of project management education so you can you can basically start today, if you have a secondary diploma, get 23 hours of education and take this exam without ever having participated on a project. Doesn't really make sense, but you know it is a possibility, it is an option if you don't have the 1500 hours yet. So just to be clear on the, on the um, experience, yeah. uh, when you're talking about experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're leading a project. No, you're just no. participating on a project. Exactly. It's a certified associate in project management. So any role on a project that you had, developer, tester, QA, designer, sponsor, whatever it may have been, that qualifies. It's just the experience of working in a project team. And th that many hours is roughly about half a year if you were working on a project. If you're working full-time on a project. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yep, and that's it for the CAPM. And now we're going from sort of the, the entry level, we're going almost straight to the, the top, the higher end, uh, and that would be the PGMP. Kevin? Yes, yeah, so uh, the PGMP is uh, the credential for the program management professional and um, so the, the basically the value or, or the, the the reason that that was created uh, it can it, it is used to uh, it's a, a set of concepts in terms of activities um, that make up a professional project management field in program management specialization so what that means is uh, there were certain minimum uh, requirements to be a program manager and it deals with uh, the fact that globally um, in addition to project management especially in the virtual world today uh, a lot of project managers are managing programs which are actual 
uh, uh, collections of projects across cultural, geographical, and, and, and uh, ethnic different types of projects and locations. So in, in addition to having basic project management skills, the program management professional uh, requires an individual to have advanced skills in terms of program management to be able to run programs really at the global level. So that's kind of what we're talking about in terms of that. So that's kind of an overview. And um, the, re the value proposition behind this <clears throat> is that um, employers can trust people with the PGMP, program management, uh, to contribute directly to their crucial projects. And it supports individuals in meeting their organizational needs. Organizations can be confident in hiring capable, experienced uh, ma uh, project management programs across a global landscape. And that's really uh, uh, the importance of having that program management professional credential. Very good. Um, and also, it doesn't mention in there the qualifications for that. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, so and and basically the target audience, first of all, for a PGMP or professionals who manage programs that contain complex activities that span functions, organizations, geographic regions, or cultures. Um, in terms of professional education requirements, which PMI also refers to as contact hours, there are none. Uh, this is one, I think it's the only uh, certificate or credential from PMI where there are no professional education requirements. <clears throat> Having said that, the professional work experience requirements are a lot more intense. If you have a bachelor's degree or global equivalent and a minimum of four years and 6,000 hours of project management experience and four years and 6,000 hours of program management experience, within the last 15 years you qualify or if you have a high school diploma or global equivalent there is a minimum of four years and 6,000 hours of project management uh, and seven years and 10,500 hours of program management experience within the last 15 years. So, <clears throat> so, so the qualifications are really centered around experiential, experiential. Um, yes. Qualifications. Yes. Hey, Kevin. Yes. Quick question. Wasn't that the portfolio management? I think because that the portfolio and the program are the same. This actually, is, yeah. I've, I've, I'm just looking at the PGMP eligibility right. requirements. It's six thousand hours. Right. Over four years. Right. Oh, now I see. I'm I I got confused when you said ten thousand five hundred because the portfolio manager also needs ten thousand five hundred, but in a different capacity AR. Yeah. Yes, yes. Frankly, this 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 whole thing about you know you need a primary a secondary diploma with this many hours and a four year degree with fewer hours, that is way confusing. It is. Uh, it is, it, yes. It, basically, you know, my recommendation to people is always this. See, even I didn't realize this. If you are thinking about getting one of these degrees, these certifications, go take a look at the handbook. PMI has a handbook that is specific for each of these certifications right. and you will get exactly. all the details in there, right? Well, I'll so tell you I what. Think it doesn't yeah, it doesn't make much sense for us to regurgitate these numbers going forward because frankly these numbers occasionally change and right. I don't think it's it's also of uh, much value for the listener if we just throw, you know, oh and for this you need 10,000 for this you need 2,000 uh, hours at them. 
Great, great idea. So what I'll, what I'll do instead is I will include when I when I publish the show notes for the podcast that uh, yeah. that I'll produce, I'll point to the links for each of those qualifications. That will help. Right. Yeah, that That's will help. Great, great suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Cornelius. Sure. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. Next, we're moving on to the portfolio management professional. But first, let me just uh, make sure you know that there are only 1,123 program management professionals, right. the one we just talked about, in yeah. the world. Interesting. Yeah. And for the PFMP, which is the portfolio management professional, one we want to talk about now, there are only 162 Wow, <laughs> in the world. So this is this is this is the second lowest number that uh, PMI actually has officially published in terms of uh, how many credential holders are there. There is one more. Well, we'll get to that a little later on. That has right. fewer, even than the PFMP. But before we do that, let me pick up the PIMBOK guide here quickly and make sure that everybody understands what the difference is between project, program, and portfolio. Okay, PIMBOK guide, page eight, uh, fifth edition here. The scope of a project, a project has a defined scope in itself. The scope is progressively elaborated within the project throughout the life of this particular project. One level up, you have the program. Programs have a larger scope. Usually programs encompass projects of the same kind. For example, all our uh, space program projects are in the space program okay mm -hmm. and then the portfolio that's even a level up because we not only do space programs we also have consumer electronics we also have cars we also have internet services so multiple programs become a portfolio it's a very, very simple way of, of putting it. So uh, portfolios to have an organizational scope and that changes with the strategic objectives of our organization. So if we decide, you know what, uh, internet services no longer our thing, we're selling this off, our portfolio shrinks because we decided to do something else. Okay, so what are we talking about then here in terms of the portfolio management professional? Here, that particular certification, that recognizes the advanced skills that are needed for the coordinated management of one or more of these portfolios or programs. So you really have to have a lot of experience, which also is shown in the fact that in order to even be allowed to take this exam, you have to have seven years or four years, depending on your diploma, of experience. So you really must be the very experienced person. And I think there are only a few of these in the world. Like I said, 162 of them are certified. I think I, 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 we've probably spent enough time <laughs> on the PFMB already as it is. Because sure. this, is, this is very likely a certification that only few people are going to want to achieve here. But I'm glad you, you took the time to differentiate between portfolio, yeah. program, and project. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, I always have to pick up the pinball guide. I never know the difference by heart. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It just doesn't, this head is too small for <laughs> programs and portfolios to remember what they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. So, Kevin, let's go to you. Okay. So, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the actual, It's I believe it's the newest one, 
which is the PMI. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me go back. We're going to talk about the risk management professional. You got it. Okay. So um, the risk management professional is the PMI RMP, and it, uh, the reason it was created is to acknowledge an individual's unique experience on the project team while also understanding that they have in increased uh, competence and specialization in the area of assessing and identifying project risks while mitigating threats and capitalizing on opportunities. Yes, positive risks are opportunities uh, <laughs> more than a general practitioner, but also maintain a level of a basic level of competence <clears throat> in all areas of project management. And to be honest, personally, this is this is one of the most important ones, and I'm actually um, not not completely working on this yet, but it's the next credential that I want to get because what I've seen in my own experience is most companies do don't don't perform risk management on their projects, and if they do, they don't do it very well. So I think this is a really important uh, uh, certification to have out there. <clears throat> um, the value proposition for holders of the PMI RMP is that employers can trust credential holders to possess the skills, knowledge, and experience so they can contribute directly to their crucial projects in terms of risk management. It also supports individuals in meeting the organizational needs at the strategic level uh, in terms of risk management and also on the specific projects that they work on and also be able to create templates and other types of organizational process assets or artifacts that future uh, projects and departments can use on, on their projects in terms of risk management. <clears throat> so this particular one is a very important one, again, because we don't always do it, and if we do do it, we don't do it very well. <laughs> and there are many people that actually spend their whole career just yeah. on risk management. They, they yeah, make that their specialty. Pardon yeah. who? Dr. David Hilson, the risk doctor. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, the best-known uh, risk management person out there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and by the way, uh, 2,932 people are currently uh, risk management professionals. It will soon be 2,933. That's when Kevin passes his exam. <laughs> Thank you. Because he doesn't have enough initials after his name right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, the... the, the the main one after my name was given to me by my wife. It's P-I-T-P. -P. It's pain in the patootie. <laughs> yes. And yes, I kept that G-rated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're moving on from the PMI RMP to the PMI SP. The SP is the scheduling professional. Here we have 1,242 people who are scheduling professionals. Now, when you hear scheduling professional, you think, <laughs> wait a minute, you're saying there is a certification for somebody to open up Microsoft Project and putting information into Microsoft Project and just making a schedule? No. There not so isn't. much. No, 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 no. We're not talking about the project where, you know, Microsoft Project is sufficient for scheduling. We're talking about somebody who develops the schedule for sending a rover to Mars. Okay? We're talking about really in-depth scheduling knowledge, making sure that things are on time, people who know how to run the Monte Carlo analysis on your project, who can tell you we are 74.8% certain that we can reach the deadline of developing this project if the following 
is is all going to to happen. So even though it sounds like well scheduling professional anybody can schedule this is something that is really in depth and when you look into this you'll realize scheduling on a really large project is enormously important just imagine if you do not have a scheduling professional on your project and the Olympics start one day late Right. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of deadline we're talking about here that scheduling professionals are dealing with. You have to start the Olympics on schedule. It cannot be a day late, it cannot be a day early. It's at eight PM on that day. That's when everything starts and that's when we are going. So this recognizes demonstrated knowledge and competency in the specialized area of developing and maintaining the project schedule. This is the official definition and of course they say it's for you if you have expertise in project scheduling. <laughs> That's, <Right>. an obvious <laughs> thing. That's an obvious thing. <laughs> so from my perspective when I originally heard that PMI was doing a, a risk management professional and a scheduling professional. I thought that's a strange thing to do. But you know, in the meantime, I've come to the realization there is a need for organizations to be able to say, we need somebody who can really help us with our risk. We need somebody who can really help us on our schedule because these are important areas to us. Let's reach out to the people who have the certification, who have the experience, who have proven that they have the experience and who have the appropriate credentials uh, behind their name. And that's it for the uh, RMP and the SP. Yeah. Okay. Gavin? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now we're moving on to the PMI PBA. Yeah. And this is the one that has even fewer people certified than the portfolio <laughs> management professional. The current official number is zero. Because oh. it's in beta right now, right? <laughs> it's in beta right now, exactly. <laughs> right. Yes, the official number is zero. And, uh, yeah, Kevin, take it away. Yeah, so the, the PMI professional business analysis, uh, professional in business analysis, the PMI uh, PBA, and the reason this is created uh, is because business analysis is a topic of growing importance in project management, and I think we can all agree with that. It's always been a very important, but it's growing in importance in terms of that because we know that a, a lot of projects fail because of the lack of the, the proper um, gathering of requirements. A lot of times we give the customer what they think they want, but not what they need. So that's why this particular credential is being very important. <clears throat> uh, the marketplace reflects this importance because project management pract practitioners increasingly embrace business analysis as a technique for uncovering business needs, managing the requirements, and also the ultimate goal of creating effective solutions to business problems. And as we all know, every project should be supporting a strategic objective or of the organization, and getting the proper requirements through business analysis will help to do that. <clears throat> uh, the PMI PBA recognizes an individual's expertise in business analysis, and using these tools and techniques, they can help improve the overall success of project and of their organizations in general. <clears throat> so the value proposition in terms of those who hold the PMI PBA is that it carries a high level of professional credibility in terms of business analysis. <clears throat> it requires a combination of business analysis training, experience working on projects, 
and an examination of uh, current uh, business analysis principles, practices, tools, and techniques, as well as those that are currently emerging in the market. Uh, it's a global credential that supports individual in meeting the needs of organizations that rely on business analysis uh, practitioners to play key roles on their project teams. <clears throat> so as we know, business analysis is a major part of managing and successfully executing projects. And this is why uh, PMI decided to create a separate credential for a business analysis. Mark, let me ask you a question. You're an active project manager. How much time do you personally spend in business analysis? Well, that's interesting because um, I am an active project manager, but actually recently I have been spending a lot of time as a product owner on the Scrum oh, team. Okay. Because exactly what we're talking about here, although as a project manager in the past, I've actually tried to steer away from doing the requirements part, <laughs> but I always get drug into it unless I have specifically a BA on hand. Um, in my current role, uh, I'm filling in as a product owner. So essentially, I am doing that role on a full-time basis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that, that every project manager has to face. If, if it's a small, medium-sized project, you're going to be wearing multiple hats. Think back to my very first project. Go over there. He wants something small. <laughs> Guess what the first thing was that I did? I became a business analyst. I had to first determine how do these processes work and how do we map these as as a as a software program and and how do we calculate all of these these individual papers? So business analysis and project management they go hand in hand. And if business analysis and requirements definition isn't done right, mm -hmm. guess what? Uh, your project is not going to deliver the right thing at the end. Yeah. So I, I completely understand. I actually, uh, the, the people ask uh, pointedly, why is PMI offering a, you know, a, a business analysis um, certification? And many people say, why hasn't it offered it for years already? It's so important. Crucial. Right? So you, you have to turn it around and, and really, really go that way. Agreed. Yep. And now, now, just as a little sideline too, and I actually, I think it feeds the next one we're going to talk about uh, as we as we t think about how agile is is mm -hmm. uh, changing the way we do project management. Um, we don't have the formal project manager anymore, and um, very very really, um, the the role of a project manager could be more business and analysis related in a scrum mm -hmm. world or in, in an agile world. So Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's a great segue, both of you, for the ACP. So so let me talk about the ACP specifically, Mark. Okay. And then I'll 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 kind of tag on to your comments about where we as uh traditional or waterfall project managers kind of fit into this overall agile world today. <clears throat> so um the PMI Agile Certified Practitioner, or PMI ACP, was created um, because Agile is a growing topic, a, a topic of growing importance in project management. <clears throat> I think we can all agree with that. Even though Agile has been around for a while, and by the way, Agile started with the Plan, Do, Check, Act cycle from Deming. <clears throat> um, it's just recently been embraced on different different types of projects and specifically product development projects in the marketplace. 
So the marketplace is reflecting the importance of using agile methodologies as project managers increasingly embrace agile as a technique for successfully managing their projects. The value proposition for an ACP aspirant, someone that gets the certification, is that it recognizes an individual's expertise in using agile practices on their projects while also demonstrating their increased professional versatility through the use of agile tools and techniques. In addition to that, the PMI ACP certification carries a higher level of professional credibility because it requires a combination of agile training, experience working on agile projects, and examination of agile principles, practices, tools, and techniques. This global certification also supports individuals in meeting the needs of the organization that rely on agile practitioners to apply a diversity of methods in the project. And let's go back to that real quick, that value proposition. <clears throat> the reason that um, PMI certifications in general are more globally recognized is because of the stringent requirements. Uh, I'm going In terms of the ACP, you have to pass a test, you have to have a certain number of hours of agile project experience, by the way, not agile project management experience, which it was originally uh, created for with PMI. You needed agile project management experience, but really you need agile project experience. Um, but the training that's involved in the ACP and the, the, the project management, the PM PrepCast from OSP International reflects this, is we look at seven or eight different methodologies under the Agile umbrella. So there are specific methods that are more popular than others, such as Scrum, but there are other methods such as Kanban, the Crystal Family, Dynamic Systems Development, uh, Lean Software Development, Adaptive Software Development, there are a lot of different methods. So what, bring, what stands out about the ACP credential from something like the CSM or the CSPO, both of which I have, uh, Certified Scrum Master and Certified Scrum Product Owner, is that with the CSM and those, you basically sit in a class for two days, understand the principles, and you get your certificate as a Certified Scrum Master. Now, I'm not belittling those because they're very important for the specific details that you need to be successful on a Scrum project. However, the ACP gives you an overview of Agile, but actually delves into seven or eight different methods other than Scrum. And that's why it's more of a globally recognized certification in terms of Agile. Interesting. So, that thing, yeah. um, I, I have not had the opportunity yet to, to dig into that ACP, and I wanted to, to understand that a little bit better. So, Kevin, that's helped a lot. Thank you. Great. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, and also a big differentiator between uh, CSM uh, mm -hmm. certification, the Certified Scrum Meister, and the ACP is the fact that on the ACP you have to have experience. With the yes. CSM, very similar to the CAPM, all you need is really training, and then right. you can take the exam and become CSM certified. Yeah. Right. Um, 6,885 people are currently PMI ACP certified. Right. So if you add the numbers up that we've had so far, that's 27, 28, uh, 32, 39, 40. So we're, we're talking about 45,000 people in total that we've talked about so far. Right. Okay. Now we're moving on to the PMP 
636,000 people <laughs> in, in comparison are certified. So this is the 800-pound gorilla. This is the granddaddy. This is also the oldest of the PMI certifications. As uh, Kevin has mentioned, we do have training that we offer for these course, uh, for these certifications. We focus on the uh, PMI ACP with our Agile PrepCast mm -hmm. at agileprepcast.com, obviously, and we focus on the PMP exam with the PM PrepCast, which is at pmprepcast.com. And as a surprise for everybody listening to this, we are giving away one of each of these courses to the listener. And Mark will or has announced how exactly you can participate in this giveaway here. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open in the show notes uh, to find out how to get access to uh, one of these courses. Of course, if you're listening to this interview in 10 years, then, you know, uh, it's already been given away. So you, you, it, it has to be within the next uh, month or so after this actually is first published. Okay, back to the PMP, the Project Management Professional. Now, remember when I started out with the CAPM, this is for the associate, this is for everybody, this is for people who participate in a project, this is for those who... Uh, are starting out on a project. This is a knowledge-based exam. The PMP, on the other hand, is the experience-based project management certification. This is for those who already are project managers, for those who are leading projects, who have been leading, who have shown that they have the experienced. Uh, or to uh, to give you the, uh, the definition, the official one, the PMP certification recognizes competence of an individual to perform the role of a project manager, specifically experience in leading and directing projects. So that means as a PMP, or as you are trying to become a PMP, you have shown that you're responsible for all aspects of a project, for the whole life of a project. You can lead and direct cross-functional project. If I give you a project, you will be able to lead it. No matter if you have experience in that particular industry or not. It's always better to have industry experience, but even if I give you a project in an industry that you have never led before, as a PMP, you should be able to at least get it going and then find the right people, bring in the experts. You become the person who manages the project while your team manages the industry, manages what really needs to happen here. So uh, industry experience always helpful, but not necessarily the most important thing. Here we're really focusing on your experience of managing and leading the project to a successful completion. Okay, um, This is the big one. This is the, the one that everybody wants to obtain. That's why we have 636,000 people <laughs> in the world who, who have this certification going. And you know, from also from a business perspective, this is the one if you are in training, you, you want to be training for the PMP because this is where uh, a business viable income in the end also comes from. Well, that's right. interesting. You know, uh, I, I you say that number six hundred and what was it? Six hundred and six thousand. Yeah, six hundred thousand more than all the others together, roughly. Yeah. Right? And and if I think about how quickly that's grown, I got my certification in two thousand one. My yeah. certification number is something like thirty nine thousand. <laughs> so in since two thousand one. They've put on almost six hundred thousand certified 
individuals. Well, yeah. and, and Mark, you also have to realize that these are 636,000 practicing. So some yeah. people might have actually got their PMP and let it lapse. Wow. So it's probably yeah, higher. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know a few people who are no longer PMPs because good. Yes. And and I can I, I just loaded up the statistics file. I, I keep a, a running log of these numbers. So on May thirty first, two thousand and ten, there were three hundred and eighty one thousand. Mm-hmm. And now four years and a few months right. later it's six hundred and thirty six thousand. So we've seen an increase of uh, what that's over uh, almost three hundred thousand in four years. Wow! And yeah, and just and just to talk about the importance of it, um, I'm currently in transition, looking for jobs in Agile and Scrum. Uh, and even for those jobs, uh, the prerequisite for doing project management is a PMP for most companies now. Even and, even with yeah, the uh, the Scrum background, yes. the Scrum requirement. They want they're look well. They're looking for a combination of both because yeah. what a lot of companies are doing is they're actually going into agile using hybrids. They don't go straight in and use Scrum right away. They use combinations of some of the things from Scrum and Agile to improve their projects on their pilots and eventually move toward that. And that's exactly those, uh, what we're doing. In, that's what they're yeah. doing in my company. Is is we yeah. are a blended environment. Right. And then the other thing is, uh, I, when I got my PMP, I was a consultant with DirecTV, a small startup company in Southern California. <laughs> and uh, literally the day that I got my PMP, my manager brought me into his office. I thought I was going to the principal's office because I thought it was in trouble. But he immediately gave me an 18% raise just for having the PMP credential. He so did? That, wow. That, that wow, that is, that is unexpected. <laughs> That's Those the power. were the good days in, yeah. in, in business. But it drives home the power of the PMP and its global recognition. Well, to that point, um, I had a similar situation when I got my PMP. Uh, first of all, they I, I was working at a, at a company where we made banking software. And right. so it was very valuable for the company to state to their clients that you're going to be led by a PMP right. certified project manager. Right. And when I got my certification, so first of all, they really pushed that that on me to make sure that I was getting certified and because that brought the value of the engagement up. And I had a very similar situation as you, Kevin, as when I got my certification, my salary was increased. See, we're not making these things up. No. <laughs> right. No, that didn't happen to me. My salary didn't increase. You didn't give yourself no. a raise? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I got, the, I got my PMP certification while I was uh, still working for that's the man. True. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Well, okay, so we've, we've talked about, about uh, the value of it in the sense of monetary value. Are there other reasons... Uh, that that certification is a really important. We got just a couple of minutes. I want to touch on that briefly, and then we're we're pretty much to the end. But I do want to bring that up real quick. Yeah, uh, having the PMP certification nowadays is a must as a project manager. If you are applying for a project management position and you do not have comma PMP behind your name, very likely you are not going to be part of the people who get into the final round. Right. Uh, that much said, it's not always the case. 
if, say, the city of Kuala Lumpur calls you up and says, hey, we would like you to be the project manager for the 2024 Olympic Games, they're not calling you for the PMP, they're calling you for who you are. Right. So if the project manager is more of a representative thing, you know, it, it's somebody who has name recognition and and who 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 you know is is in the stratosphere up there if that's that's a different story but the people who actually do the work who do the real project management work you want to have a certification you want to have the pmp uh, certification that that is definitely a must to have would you agree kevin yes i would absolutely and uh because pmi is such a globally recognized brand Having a certification from PMI goes a long way as a prerequisite. Uh, in addition to that, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Mark, um, but certain of the actual certifications from PMI are actually considered credentials. So, for instance, the PMP is a credential similar to a CPA, mm. which it means it's a higher level of competence that you're proving by having a credential rather than a simple certification. So when I teach my classes, my PMP exam prep classes, I make sure that my students understand that and that they actually communicate that when they're trying to get a raise or going on a new project or looking for a new position. It's really a differentiating factor. Thank you. I wasn't, uh, I, I guess I hadn't even thought of it that way, but you're right. Um, one, one other thing I do want to point out, and then we do need to sign off, that is, uh, I. Cornelius, I met you down at the this year at the Global Congress, and I remember. If, if help me help me with this, if I remember right, I remember them saying at the Congress that we are now to the point where uh, this is not just the U.S. Our our PMPs or or at least the PMI membership is about half in the U.S. and half outside of the U.S if I remember that correct. You know, I can't tell you that, that because the statistics that PMI publishes are just the blank numbers. So I can tell you that PMI has, let's see, 273 chapters around the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if we put a chapter into every county of the U.S., that still leaves about 150 probably uh, for, you know, chapters outside of the United States. Uh, we have 454,000 membership, right? So you would expect that, yeah, about half of that is probably mm -hmm. outside of the U.S. I believe much of that is driven by the fact, however, that when you become certified, if you are a member, you usually get a substantial discount right. for the certification. So the, so the, the, the membership fee is like $130. Usually the discount is greater than $130. Mm -hmm. So become a member, get a big discount for your certification. So that may drive membership as well because so many people outside of the U.S. are getting certified. You know, I'm getting the certification. I'm becoming a member. Yeah. Very good. So... To uh, thank you, I, I don't know exactly if I was heard that or if maybe I was sleeping. I don't know, but the, the, it, it's definitely clear that PMI is a very global presence, uh, very global. As Kevin, as you mentioned, as a global brand, right? Mm -hmm. Well, both Kevin and Cornelius, thank you so much for taking the time to go through each one of these. I don't think I've I've 
ever really heard all of them all at the one place at one time. So I hopefully that this is this was definitely valuable to me. Hopefully that was is very valuable to the listeners as well. As a parting point, if Cornelius, why don't we start with you? Just give us a little bit about how people might contact you, and uh, then we'll go go to Kevin. All right. So for those who are interested in the PMP certification, go to pmprepcast.com. For those of you interested in the Agile certification, go to agileprepcast.com. And for those who just want to know and learn more about project management, listen to my free podcast, which is the Project Management Podcast, pm-podcast.com. That's it. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. So um, my, I, my company offers uh, live um, boot camps for both PMP and PMI ACP training. That website is krpm dash training.com and uh, as a matter of fact Cornelius and I have uh, an exclusive blended learning program where I use materials in class uh, that I've created and we use his PM exam simulator and also his PM prepcast and agile prepcast depending on the course as a blended uh, and I am the sole uh, vendor for that in Southern California um, in, in parting, uh, thank you, Mark, for the opportunity to talk about this. And I never say good luck to my students. I only say happy studying. <laughs> thank you very much. You're right. Yeah, thank you for having me as well, Mark. You're welcome. And so just for those of you, many people are not really able to watch this on a video. I Thank you for those that are li- watching right now live. Uh, I will be taking the audio, since I think that this is so valuable, I will include the audio in this in the Sensible Project Manager Hangout, I'm sorry, the Sensible Project Manager podcast, and I will release this sometime next week, early in the, next, in the week, I hope. And to what Cornelius had mentioned, uh, along with that, you would expect to hear a little bit more about the giveaways that Cornelius has, as well as I will also have a giveaway as well. So thank you again. Everybody wave. Have a great day. Kevin, are you waving? (laughs) I am. The virtual wave. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again so much, Cornelius and Kevin, for providing such great overview of each of the PMI certifications. I hope that has helped you in your understanding of the certifications. And if you're not a certified project manager right now, think about obtaining one of those certifications to help you so that you can review those again. I have created some detailed show notes at sensiblepm.com slash 19. You'll want to take a look at those because they are, they're a good review along with links back to PMI.org, which will provide you even a little bit more detail. Now, while you're on the show notes, take some time to share your thoughts about this episode. Answer the couple of questions. What value do you see in the PMI certifications? Also, share with us what certification you have obtained, or if you haven't received a certification yet, which one are you looking to pursue? And now a favor. If you would, please go to iTunes. Leave me a review. One of the components on how iTunes ranks a podcast is by how many reviews it has. And so if you could leave me a review, that would be very helpful because that will increase the rankings 
and hopefully bring in more listeners to the podcast. Now, again, if you haven't obtained a certification in project management yet, I really encourage you to take this opportunity to think about which one is most fitting for you and go get certified. Now, until next week, remember, a sensible project manager always looks for a practical way to lead a project to success. You've been listening to the Sensible Project Manager, Mark Philippi, on the Sensible Project Manager podcast. To learn more about practical project management, visit us at sensiblepm.com.